what has verse um, part four now. Now, let me just take it from the beginning. Let's look at Exodus 15. I'll read quickly from verse 22. It says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elim, where there were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Now, the last time we talked about sweetened waters, because this is just a continuation of, it, of what we talked about. We said we wanted to take a look at what exactly do we mean by bitter waters. We defined bitter waters as any unpleasant situation that we find ourselves in that will seem to defy solution. We then spent some time and looked at different examples of what we may term bitter waters. We said that defeat could be termed bitter waters. Disappointment, sickness and disease, poverty, demonic oppression, barrenness, sorrow. We said all of these could be termed bitter waters because they are situations that if they come across us or we come across them in life, you know, we would really, really be at loss as to what to do concerning those situations, particularly if you've done everything as some people who are here believe that they have done everything. Now, to, to understand, because this is really a classroom for life, to understand what exactly is going on, I want us to all know today that there are three categories of bitter waters. Only three categories. And whatever situation you find yourself in, you must be able to say to yourself, well, I mean, this is category one. And then you know what to do. This is category two, category three. Because if you, if you cannot even decipher which category of bitter waters you have found yourself in, then it's going to be very difficult to try and solve the problem. So let me just take the three categories very quickly. Category one, bitter waters caused by you. Category one, bitter waters caused by you. That is the problem that you find yourself in. Nobody else has brought that problem upon you but you yourself. Psalm 107 verse 17, the Bible says, 
fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. It does not mean, that verse of Christ doesn't mean fools are the only ones who are afflicted. It simply is saying that when you take part in iniquity, when you are involved in transgression, you have become what? A fool. And because of that, affliction will come your way. Remember, Psalm 14 verse 1, the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Now, bitter waters that are caused by you and I come about as a result of what? Transgression, iniquity, that we ourselves are involved in. So, sometimes people can go around and complain and complain and complain and complain. And yet, the problem, the problem is really their problem. Let me see. I'll give you an example. And I want to veil it a little bit. I remember once I was talking to some people and there was an issue of having done all things. Everybody had prayed. And the problem just didn't go away. And I remember the, the, the particular person well, because the person said to me that um, he had spent or she had, both of them, had spent so much time in, and I want to just, everywhere, let me put it that way. And the problem just didn't go. And now they wanted to see if I could help them see the general overseer. And I said, okay, I would. And um, I told the gentleman to leave, and I said to the lady, Have you ever committed abortion? She just looked at me. Of course, she thought I knew. It was well, just a thought that came to me. And um, she said, yes. So I said, how many times? She couldn't even remember. And I said, okay, have you ever said to God that you are sorry? She, you know, it happened such a long time ago, the, the, the lady had forgotten completely. Then the next thing I said was, I said, okay, I know what I want you to do. Apart from telling God you are sorry, go to House of Hope. Tell the doctor there that I said they should check you out. Now, when the doctor got back to me, everything in the lady that could carry a child had been destroyed. So you see, the truth is, if, we, if you are in that kind of situation and you are praying for fruit of the womb, you know you are praying amiss. You are praying amiss now. What you should be praying for is what? For a womb. Because the womb had the various DNCs had made sure that the womb didn't exist anymore. And the funny thing about what I'm talking about here is that that's just how God is. You can't come to God and be asking for a t-shirt when what you need is homo. You better find out that you need homo. Or else you will ask for a t-shirt forever. Nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. So, um, 
Let me leave that story because I see some people are getting very interested in the story. That's just an idea to tell us that sometimes we create the problems. And the sooner we realize and that we have created the problem, the better. Because once we realize that, we go quickly to God and fall on our faces and tell him that, ah, this problem is created by me. Category two, bitter waters is what we call enemy action. There are bitter water situations that we face that we can plainly say, as it is said in the Bible, the enemy has done this. We should not be surprised because the enemy has a mission statement. It is called steal, kill, destroy. There is the story in the Bible, Luke 13, verse 10 to 16. I'm not going to read it. The daughter of Abraham, the woman that had been bound by Satan. I talked about it two Sundays ago or three Sundays ago. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, this woman has been bound. This woman is the daughter of Abraham, has been bound by Satan. We cannot wait one more day. It's time to lose her and let her go. And you see, in life, it's one thing to say I'm a Christian. It's another thing to understand life itself. I knew a man who was just a nominal Christian. He was a good man. didn't do any harm. But see, if you live life like that, you will be very, very naive. Because a number of things will happen to you that you can't blame God for. The enemy can come against you. And in that man's case, he was poisoned because they were struggling for, or people were struggling rather, for a particular position. He, eventually, he died. A good man. He died. Why did he die? Because he wasn't equipped with the things that he needed to face the enemy. It is foolhardiness to believe that because I come to church, ah, nothing can happen to me. Oh, plenty can happen to you. Plenty, plenty, plenty can happen. Because in the case of this woman that was bound, she was a daughter of Abraham. And I explained it three Sundays ago. I said that means that she's like you and I, a Christian. Who bound her? Satan. Why would Satan bind her? Because Satan, in that woman's situation, just had more power than the woman. Matthew 12. Let me read this one. Matthew 12:29. Jesus says, or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. You are sleeping, the enemy is binding you. You cannot enter into a strong man's house. In other words, the person that you are going to deal with, is already strong. So we are talking about somebody being stronger than somebody. 
And you see, the Bible says in Proverbs 24.10 that if you fail in the day of adversity, that your strength is what? Small. So there are many Christians who have what? Small strength. So if you have small strength and the enemy has more strength than you, it is ignorant to believe that the enemy has no strength. You don't understand what you are talking about. The Bible tells us clearly that this woman was the daughter of Abraham. So, enemy action against you can bring about bitter water situations. Where do we find strength from? We find strength, the Bible tells us, in Psalm 16, verse 11, in the presence of the Lord. If you are going to be able to contend at all, with the enemy, you've got to be somebody who knows how to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Because in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Nehemiah 8.10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is your strength. But many Christians go around with very small strength. Many go around with no strength at all. And therefore are susceptible to what we refer to as enemy action. Because the enemy has just only one thing to do, to steal, to kill and to destroy. Category 3. Because I said I really have to move fast. So be careful. Ignorance is saying I'm a Christian therefore I can go anywhere. That's ignorance. I told you the story of a woman, a pastor. Somebody said to her, come and pray for somebody. Just carried a Bible and went. And got to the place. And a little six-year-old girl just came out and said, Ah, you are the one I saw. True. I saw in my dream. Ah, on the twenty so and so of so and so date. You will die. Ah. And then the child walked away. From that day till that date that the child gave, the woman didn't sleep. Not that she didn't just sleep. She was going... She didn't pray again. The prayer she went to pray ended. Something just came upon her. And people were having vigils, praying. And she was busy mourning that she was going to die. She accepted the word from a child. People had to stay with her on that day. So that day came and that day passed. But she was the one that went like a giant to go and pray. She didn't pray in the end. So let's understand life. Category three of bitter waters. Bitter waters can be a test from God. I'm going to read this one from the Bible. So when it is from God, mm, what can you do? It's from God. There's nothing you can do. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. I just read the first few um, verses. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. 
And he said, Take now thine son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. I mean, you know the whole story. Now, that's a difficult situation, but it's God that has brought that situation. And sometimes, you see, these things do happen, that you are in a difficult situation that has been brought about by God himself. What do you do? You just must know that this one has been brought about by God. I don't think I need to advise you on what you should do. Look at Job. Job's problem, Job chapter 1, from verse 1 through to 12. Job's problem, in verse 8, the Bible tells us, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God, and it's toeth evil. That was the beginning of Job's problem. God boasting about Job. Then Satan said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Hast thou not made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Put forth thine hand now. Touch all that he has, and he will curse you to thy face. Ah, and God said, I know Job. He wouldn't do that. And so Job's problems started to unfold because God boasted about Job. And the truth is, I said that we have come to the place and we have come to the place where the blind will see in church, where the lame will walk, where the dead will rise. But the truth is, you know, everybody likes that. But I'd just like to explain that there's no way that those kind of things come and happen. That God doesn't put you through a test. He must. He will. So it's not just that um, it will just happen. If it just happens, then that's magic. And God is not in the business of magic. And for each person that is here, Apart from category 1 and category 2, category 3 always will happen to us. Because no category 3, no promotion. So of the three categories, there's only one category that you can do something about. Category 1. Category 2, you can't do anything about it. Category 3, you cannot do anything about it. God insists that he must test you if he's going to take you higher. And you just must be ready for the test. The interesting thing about God is this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. I want us all to read it together. Many people don't know this scripture. Or they know it, but they don't know that it's a scripture that you can use. Whenever you say you have done all that you can do, face 1 Corinthians 13, 10, 13. Because God does assure us that even when he's at work, even when he is the one at work, that you can't really fail. He's there to help you. 
Are we all there? Let's read together. First Corinthians ten thirteen. One, two, go. There had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. It doesn't really matter what you are going through. Whatever it is that you are going through, you are going through it because God knows that you are able to bear it. He knows that you are able to bear it. Now, how do we deal with each of these categories? Category 1. Bitter waters caused by you. What should you do? It's so simple. Turn to James 5.16. Shall we read that together? One, two, go. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you are in a situation that you have brought upon yourself, you've got to come to God and confess that you have brought this situation. And the Lord is ever willing to forgive. But it's not enough to confess and for the sin to be taken away. We are not supposed or meant to go back to that situation. John 5.14 The Bible says, Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. You can't keep confessing and telling God you are sorry about the same thing. There are people in here who are doing things that they ought not to do. I'm not going to mention anything because I haven't got time for that today. I want to do something really serious. And you do it once, you confess, you cry. You really feel sorry. You wait for a space of six, seven months, you go back. Then you feel sorry. Then you go back. You are playing with fire. Playing with fire. The Bible says, consider your ways. Category two. Bitter waters caused by the enemy. That which is brought to us as a result of enemy action. What do we do? Now, I preach a sermon on that. What you do is simply do what? Step aside and let God. Once it's the enemy, you step aside and let God. Second Chronicles 20, 1-25. We've, we've talked about this three or four Sundays ago. In other words, that battle must be left to God. There's a process, if you read Second Chronicles 20 well, of stepping aside. It's not just saying, well, I hand it over to you, Lord. You know, like some foolish person wakes up, has a nasty dream, and gets out of the bed and says, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. And then you go back to sleep. 
And as sure as night follows day, that thing happens to you. Because I cancel it in the name of Jesus. doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean anything. When it is enemy action, we step aside. We let God. How do we step aside? There's a process. You tell God first, I know who you are. Two, you tell him, these are the things that you have done. Three, you say to him, look at this situation that I find myself in. Take complete control. But there's a way to approach God. You don't approach him properly, then nothing really will happen. Category three. What do you do if the bitter waters is from God himself? The first question to ask yourself is how would you even know that this has come from God and not from the enemy? Usually, if you are going through a situation that has to do with God and just God, God has a way of isolating you. It becomes almost like just you alone in that situation. You will feel as if it's just you alone that is dealing with this issue with God. But the truth is, you really are never alone. God never leaves us alone. But the best way, really, of finding out whether or not this is God is what we were doing prior to the commencement of Digging Deep today. For those who were here by 6 o'clock, we went through a whole... All what we did has rhyme and reason behind it. I didn't just come and say we should just pray. I knew what I was doing. That's the only way really to find out things is to enter into the place where the Holy Spirit is and then ask and ask for direction and you will get direction. You will get direction. Hebrews 13.5, the Bible says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isaiah 43, verse 2, the Bible says, When thou, when, not if, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So when God is the one that's in control and testing you, one thing that's going to be sure, you're not going to die. You know when he said he should test Job? He said, you can't touch his life. Oh. Job, can't. Job thought he was going to die. But the matter had been settled from the beginning that he would not die. God said, you can't kill him. Turn with me to Psalm 46. Let's read together the first three verses. Are we all there? Okay, good. One, two, go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling,
thereof. Because God is our refuge and strength. So when God is the one at work, there's something interesting you can do. And um, somebody told me a testimony yesterday, and that's exactly what happened. Sometimes you go through a very difficult situation, and everybody's looking at you and wondering, how did you manage? You didn't even look as if anything was wrong. The answer is found in Second Corinthians chapter 12, which now becomes the prayer that we must pray when we know that this matter has to do with God. Okay. I'll read verses 9, 7, 8, and 9. This is Paul as an example. He says, Unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, Paul says, because of this condition, I besought the Lord thrice. He prayed three times. Not that he prayed once, second time, third time. He had three sessions of serious prayers, asking God to help him. And God said to him, keep quiet. Verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So when God, you are in category three with God, all you need to ask for is that his grace should come upon you. And that grace will always be sufficient. Will always be sufficient. There are people here who have managed that's, I've gone through that kind of situation several times. You might not, you won't even know that something has gone wrong. Everybody's watching you, wondering, how are you coping? But you are coping because God is there. I was sharing with a young lady yesterday, and I told the lady, I said, just before I did my A levels, both my parents were dead. And there were five of us, and we all lived together. There was no auntie. In fact, the one auntie who came, she just stayed for about one or two months. When nobody was looking, she just packed her load and left. And that's how we lived. Nobody. I was the boss of the, of the family. You know. And I've, I've said this many times. During Christmas time, the whole neighborhood will gather together, then we'll come. They will knock on the door. We'll open the door. Then we'll look at us. Then they won't even say anything. Now that I know, I should have abused them because they didn't even give us anything. <laughs> they just came to see that. I used, are we still standing? When they found out that we are still standing, I was standing well, they went back. And everybody went to school. Everybody went to university. Everybody got a good degree. Nobody got pregnant. Because I had three sisters. Now, who was at work there? It's God. We didn't even know our parents were dead. What I mean that we didn't know was that, I mean, I went to parties, I had fun. I just, if I was telling people, ah, this kind of life is good, though. But the truth is, it's God that's at work. 
that's keeping us. So if you are in that place where it's God that's at work, ask for Because that's the only thing that can happen. That you will go through it, you will go through it. But grace, there's grace that's available that will help you. When that grace comes, you go through, nobody will know that you've gone through anything. So, today we are going to do a number of things. This is where I wanted to get to. Take item one very seriously. I know what, I'm talking from real experience. You see, it's such an error. When we say, let us talk to God and tell God we are sorry. It's, it's amazing how, because I used to pray like that too, how people just, would just say, uh, forgive me, O Lord. I'm sorry. The next thing you don't even face the issue. If it's something, if you are in category one, you've got to really spend time. What we are going to do here is just what I will call a blueprint. Let me tell you something I know about repentance. You could pray a prayer of repentance for six months before God says, okay. So don't think that the prayer of repentance we normally pray here is just enough. It's n- ah. You can pray a prayer of repentance for a whole year. It's called repentance. It's not called, I'm sorry. Repentance means you're not ever going to go in that direction again. Lie, 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 lie. Never. And if you understand who you are, if you know that you're a human being, the chances of getting back into that place, very high. Very, very high. Prayer number one. Turn with me to Psalm 51. You know what is so interesting about Psalm 51? David prayed it only once. Between you and I, many of us, we have prayed this quite a, a few times. We are always praying it. This is really important. You've got to do this well if you're going to do dealing with enemy action. This has to come out of the way before you can Step aside. So let's read Psalm 51. Um, Let me see. Verses 1 to 12. And then let us just find somewhere to pray. I'm not going to talk on the microphone. I am going to pray. Are we all there? One, two, go. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. 
Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Before we pray, just, I just, something just occurred to me I want to just share very briefly. This is serious prayer. Many people only pray this prayer very superficially. And guess who knows it's superficial? It's God. During the minister's conference, the general pastor told us his story. As he was saying the story, I was just doing like this. Emiko, ah, no way. He told us that he, he was praying one day and um, he asked God to show him his mansion in heaven. God said, UK, mansion. He says, okay, if you want to see your mansion, no problem. Go and tell your wife about all your girlfriends, one by one, names. Ah. That's why he's general of us here. He said the problem was that some of these people used to be even very close friends with, uh, with Momiji. And uh, Momiji never even suspected. So, you know, the truth is, it's just good to let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> I had a joke. I used to... I, this was before I became born again. No, no, not tell you that story. Anyway, so he said, meanwhile, Momiji was cooking downstairs. That's... He was waiting to eat. He said, by the time he finished that day, nobody ate. He said, but that night, he actually did see a vision of his mansion. What am I driving at? I'm driving at the fact that if you, if you, to know how difficult this is, if I said, okay, those who want to repent, come quickly, one by one, go on on the microphone and repent. According to your loving kindness, oh God, according, according to the mercy of blot out my transgressions. Why? Because it's not easy. Everybody has some nice skeleton hiding somewhere. And the person you are dealing with is God. Now, since he hasn't told you to go and tell somebody else, it were better to tell him now and make sure that... Uh, he never. That's why some of us cannot be generous here. Because I just said to myself, hey, Miko, no way. There are some things you, I can tell God everything, but I can't tell everybody everything. <laughs> but you notice that James that we read says you should confess to who? Do you know how difficult that is? Can you imagine you go and tell somebody that you see this is a problem I have? And it works. If you can do it, and the person is a sincere person, and the person prays, it's gone. But, you know, there's no guarantee that that person won't go around and say, hmm, did you know that? Did you know that? And for that reason, it's just good to keep quiet. Somebody told me a story just last Friday. I went to preach somewhere, and she said she told the, her husband, okay, 
I know the guest minister that's coming in today. So the other man said, eh, where from? She just, she just kept quiet. Just realized that she shouldn't have said so. Because there are some things we just want to just leave in our little pockets. So today, if you are serious with God, things will happen. Shall we bow our heads and just talk to God today? Now, if people are too close to you, you can leave where you are and go somewhere else. Because some people, they are hold on it. Some people keep listening to other people. I've had some people in this church say, ah, the other day, this person said, the thing that person was confessing, I cannot, I can never repeat it to now, wow. Please don't confess in tongues. Talk to God. Let's just talk to Him. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Thank you because you are he whose mercies endureth forever. It is your word, almighty God, that has brought us here today. Lord, as many as have lifted up their voices unto you, almighty God, and unto your hearing, to just confess and say that they are sorry, Lord. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you will look down upon us today and see only the blood. Have mercy upon us all, Lord God almighty. Have mercy upon us all. Lord God Almighty, just take away all sins that are here today and just wash us afresh with the blood of Jesus. So let it be today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, if it is enemy action, just for the sake of those who don't understand what we need to do, Second Chronicles 20 is clear. It says, it came to pass. This description of enemy action. It came 
to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat in, to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazantama, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, and in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. Jehoshaphat tells God, I know who you are. This is who you are. Verse 7, Art thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, he then says, these are the things that you have done. You've driven away all our enemies, Sion, Og, and you've given their land to us. Verse 10, now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, will thou not judge them? Thirdly, he reports the matter to God and says, judge them. Let's rise to our feet and let us lift up our voices. Um, put on those slides to help people who cannot remember. First thing we are going to do is to say, I know who you are. We are going to tell God we know who he is. And to do that means we have to go call him by his names. Just by people do the things so badly. By his names, do not speak in tongues and do not tell him what he has done. Spend some time to just call him by his names. Say, I know who you are and who is God. You find him in his names. His names are the attributes that you find in God. Lift up your voices now and tell God, Lord, I know who you are. I know who you are, Almighty God. For you alone are God in heaven. You alone are the one who was before the beginning. Yes, Lord. Therefore, I say that your name is Alpha and Omega. For you are the beginning of all things. You are the ending of all things. Only you are Jehovah. You are Lord. You are Jehovah. You are Lord. You are Jehovah. Yes, your name is Elohim. You are the sovereign Lord. The sovereign Lord. The sovereign Lord. The sovereign Lord. Your name is Jehovah Nisi. You are God, our banner. And that banner that is over us is love. Is love. Is love. Is love. For your name is Jehovah Sidkenu. You are God, our righteousness. Yes. Yes. You are God, our righteousness. Oh, we say that we know who you are, Lord. For your name is Jehovah Jireh. You are God, our provider. God, our provider. No one can provide like you, Lord. Lord, we say we know who you are because you are Jehovah Rapha. You are God, our healer. 
We say you alone are the balm of Gilead. Yes, you are the balm of Gilead. No one can heal like you. You are God our healer. Oh Lord, we say we know who you are. Your name is Jehovah Elion. Yeah, God most high. God most high. Oh, we declare today that we know who you are, Lord. For only you are Jehovah Shalom. God our peace. Your name is the Prince of Peace. Your name is wonderful. Your name is Almighty God. Your name is Everlasting Father. Your name is the Rose of Sharon. Oh, your name is Jesus. Lord, we say we know who you are. Yes, we know who you are. For your name is Jehovah Sebuah. You alone are the Lord of hosts. You alone are the Lord of hosts. For you are the man of war. You are he who has never lost a battle. You are the man of war. We know who you are, Lord. For your name is the King of Glory. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. That is your name. That is your name. I know who you are, Lord. Yes. Because you are Jehovah Rohi. You are God our shepherd. You alone are the good shepherd. There's no one but you, Lord. Lord, we say we know who you are. Oh, yes. We know who you are, Lord. You are the Almighty. You are the Almighty. You alone are the Almighty. Yes, you are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the Word of God. You alone are the Lamb of God. Yes, we know who you are, Lord. You are the true and the faithful one. Oh, we know who you are, Lord. Yes, we know who you are. Yes, we know who you are. Only you are called Adonai. We know who you are, Lord. Yes, we know who you are. And we exalt you here today. 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 Only you are the rose of Chiron. Only you are the lily of the valley. Oh, you alone are the strength of Israel. You are the rock of my salvation. Lord, I know who you are. I know who you are, Lord. And I exalt you here today. Exalt your name. Exalt your name. Exalt your name. Oh, no one like you, Lord. Yes. Yes. The maker of the heaven and the earth. It is you, Jehovah, that we have come to today. We say we know who you are. Yes. And we exalt you here today. Oh, yes. And we exalt you here today. 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 In Jesus' name. The great I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are the mighty God.
Now lift up your voices and tell him, Because I know who you are, I know your mighty acts. You are he who made the heavens and the earth. You are he who made great lights. The sun to rule by day, the moon to rule by night. You are he who created man in your own image and your own likeness. Go on, just tell him the things he has done. You are he, oh, on eagle's wings. You took the children of Israel out of Egypt. Yes, yes, yes. By the blast of your nostrils, you parted the Red Sea. So that the children of Israel, they walked on dry ground. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, we know your great acts, almighty God. You brought forth water from the rock. You brought forth water from the rock. So that the children of Israel could quench their thirst. Yes, yes. You are he who rained manna down. Every day, every day, every day. For 40 years. For the children of Israel in the wilderness. Ah, yes. Yes, we know your great acts, Lord. We know, we know your great acts, Lord. There's no God like you. No one like you. With the shout of your voice, you brought down the walls of Jericho. You brought down the walls of Jericho. Yes, you parted the Jordan. And the children of Israel, they crossed over. Oh, yes, we know your mighty acts. Yes, 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 yes. And we declare them today. We declare them today. We declare them today. Oh, yes, there's no God like you, Lord. None, none, none. Who can provide like you? No one, Lord. No one, no one, no one, no one. Oh, who can heal like you? No one, Lord. No one. No one, Lord. Only you can give ravens meat to deliver to your prophet. And ravens did not eat the meat. Oh, we know. We know your great acts, Lord. Yes. When you speak, it is done. When you command the sun's first, he said, let there be light. And there was light, Lord. Ah. On the raging storm on the Sea of Galilee. When you said, peace be still. The raging storm became a quiet calm. Oh, yes. We know your acts, Lord. We know, we know, we know. With five loaves and two fishes, you fed 5,000 men. Not counting women and children. Ah, we know who you are, Lord. And we know of your great acts. You stood before the daughter of Jairus. You said, Talita Kumi. Ah, and she that had died came back to life. You stood before the grave of Lazarus. And with a loud voice said, Lazarus, come forth. And he, he that had died four days, came back to life. Yes, Lord, we know your great acts. We know, we know, we know, we know, we know. We know your great acts. Yes, Lord, we know your great acts. You are he who went to the cross, died, was buried. But on the third day, hey, you rose again from the dead. You rose again from the dead. Oh, no one like unto thee, Lord. No one, no one, no one like you, Lord. Yes, no one. No one like unto thee. No one like unto thee. No one can do these things. Only you, Lord. Only you, only you, only you, Lord. Only you, Lord. Only you, only you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We declare your great acts here today. We declare them, Lord. Oh, we exalt you here today. Yes, we exalt you here today.
Report the enemy to God. Report that sickness to God. Report that situation to God. Tell him to judge that situation. Tell him that you are stepping aside. Because you know who he is. Because you know the things he has done. You know that he will do something about this situation that you are facing. Lift up that situation and just tell him about it now. Quietly tell him about that situation now. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. remembered on Omer's um, uh, testimony how he had an uncle that was sick who wasn't even here but he, he, he took Holy Communion twice, one for himself and one for the uncle, went home prayed for the uncle and the uncle who had problems with his kidneys was healed so this thing we are going to hold in our hands is not just bread just find in yourself the ability to believe that it is the body of Jesus that was bruised and broken for you. As soon as you get it, begin to just pray and ask God 
that as you eat, let the healing power of the stripes of Jesus, let the healing power of the stripes of Jesus touch every tissue, every cell, every organ in your body right now. Let's just give these things out very quickly, please. I'm just going to read Isaiah 53. But you just go ahead and pray. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Just put it on top there. Bring it and put it on top. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of a dry ground, he hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Tell the Lord that his word is forever settled. Tell him that he himself watches over his word to perform it. Tell him that his word can never return void. That Jesus was wounded for your own transgressions. That Jesus was bruised for your own iniquities. That the chastisement of your peace has been placed upon Jesus. And therefore, the full price for your healing has been paid. And ask that the healing power of the stripes of Jesus will therefore root out those things that are in you that ought not to be there. Because it is written in Matthew 15, 13 that every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. Sickness must be rooted out of bodies today. They will be. For the power to heal is here. All we need to do is just apply a little bit of faith. A little bit of faith. And you will see that today things are different. Very, very different. It is written in John chapter 6. It says from verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my life, which is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Father, we thank you, 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 Lord, for your body that we can hold in our hands today. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we bless you. Lord, today, even as we eat, we say, Lord, that power to heal that is here, let it heal. Let fibroids melt and be rooted out of bodies. Let growths, foreign growths, cancer, let them be destroyed here today. Almighty God, let diabetes cease in the lives of your people today. Lord, let asthma be a thing of the past. All who are suffering from hypertension will say it has come to an end today. Every single person believing you for a fruit, for fruit of the womb, Lord, we say they must be fruitful. For this indeed is a month of fruitfulness. This is the month of fruitfulness. Have we all got bread? If you haven't got bread, put up your hand wherever you are. Let me see you quickly. Okay. For I have received of the Lord that which also 
I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's all eat in faith together. to do. In Genesis chapter 2 because the wine that we hold, whilst it represents the blood of Jesus it also represents the Holy Spirit. I'll show you and I'll tell you what we're going to do. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The breath of God is who? It's the Holy Spirit. So when he breathed into man the breath of life, a man became a living soul. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So in that process where God breathed into man the breath of life, a man became a living soul, what actually happened was that blood was formed. Okay? So the two actually go together. Now turn with me 
to Romans chapter 8. Quickly. I want to tell you what you are going to do. Romans 8. Verse 11. Let us read verse 11 together. Are we all there? Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. One, two, go. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. They are going to pray and tell God that as I drink, let the Holy Spirit quicken my mortal body. Quicken there means bring back to life. So everything that is aging, let the Holy Spirit bring back to life. Let my youth be renewed like the eagles. Go ahead and pray that prayer. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Lord, as we drink today, let life, let life, and life alone come forth in each and every one of us. Let the Holy Spirit quicken, 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 quicken our mortal bodies, quicken our mortal bodies, Quicken immortal bodies. Quicken immortal bodies. I want that song now. Spirit, move me now. Don't drink yet. May my life hold again. voices unto you today. We say as we drink today, Lord, this that we hold in our hands. Your word says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. It is written in verse 14 that the word was made flesh. Yet in Leviticus 17, 11 and 14, it says the life of the flesh is in the blood. It is not just the life of Jesus we hold in our hands, Lord. Lord, we know that we hold even so today the Holy Spirit. We say, as we drink, Lord, let everything that is called infirmity die right now. Everything that is working against life and health, let it come to an end now. In each body that is here, Lord, we say, everything, Lord, that is not of you, let it be rooted up and be up. We say, Lord, because it is life that is going to go into each one of us now, let that life, Lord, destroy every work of darkness every ailment, every sickness. 
Let us become completely and totally whole, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a New Testament in my blood. This do ye as up as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Let's all drink together. Just quietly, just say to the Lord, just thank him, thank him. Thank him for that which is going on right now. Thank him for healing. Thank him for the renewal of your youth. Thank him, thank him, thank him for the life of God that is flowing in your veins right now. That is bringing back to life everything that is sick, that is dying. Just say thank you, Lord. We thank you, we thank you. Ah, we can never thank you enough. But we thank you from the depths of our being. From the bottom of our hearts. Lord, we say we are grateful, we are grateful, we are grateful. We are very grateful, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's prepare our offering so that we can be out of here. His Lord Praise Hour will take place this Friday at 12 noon. Sunday, 5th of September is full for God's sake. So let's come. Dress code is hallelujah. Holy Ghost service will hold on Friday, the 3rd of September at Redemption Camp. Therefore, the Saturday morning prayer meeting will not hold this Saturday because of the Holy Ghost service that will be taking place um, on Friday. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to give back unto you, Lord, because you are he who has blessed us. Mighty God in heaven, we just seal all these offerings with the blood of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that every single offering here will be acceptable unto you. We ask in the name of Jesus that because we are giving today, make us head and not tail. Let us be above only and never be beneath. Make us first and not last. Let us be lenders unto nations. We shall not borrow, Lord. Lord, we bless you. We exalt you here today. And we say in the name of Jesus, accept us and accept our offerings, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now stand to your feet. Before we give our offering, stretch forth your hands to these names that are here.
And let's just ask the Lord. First of all, let's just say we thank, thank Him for the harvest of souls He gave us on Sunday. And then tell Him that there are still some souls here that have not yet come to the knowledge of Christ. That He should save them to the utmost. Lord, we bring these people before You. We have their names written down before You. You know them by name, Lord. We say thank You, thank You, thank You for Sunday, Lord. Thank You for the harvest of souls. But we say, Almighty God, there have been many still here, Lord, who have not come to a knowledge of who you are. We ask, Lord, that there will be light in their lives, that they will see and come to a knowledge of who you really are. 